Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Today is Thursday, August 1st, 2020, and I'm your host, Ian McLaren. Today on the podcast, we are celebrating one year of Locked On Boston Bruins. The show debuted on September 30th, 2019. I took the day off yesterday just for a bit of a mental break, but we are back with the unofficial start of Season 2. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about a little Boston Bruins off-season primer. There's been a lot of topics addressed over the past few weeks after the Bruins lost in the playoffs to the eventual Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. And we're going to talk about it all, the free agents, the trade speculation, biggest questions facing the Bruins this offseason, the draft coming up next week. Uh, Look forward to getting into that. But before we do, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order of the best tasting protein bars out there. Like I said, my name is Ian McLaren. For those who may be tuning in for the first time or haven't heard my kind of introductory remarks, you may know me as a former hockey news editor for The Score, where I wrote hockey full-time, sent out alerts to your phone on the mobile app, and uh, had a great experience there for about five years. For 10 years or so, I've been writing about hockey for different platforms, most recently SB Nation, uh, covering junior hockey for uh, the San Jose Sharks and Chicago Blackhawks blogs, focusing on Ontario Hockey League players as I am up here in Guelph, Ontario, which is about an hour west of Toronto, so right in the thick of Maple Leafs country. Please pray for me. Now, uh, I have written about the Bruins in the past as well for various outlets, including SB Nation, and they have been my favorite hockey team for, you know, my whole life, upwards of 30 years now. I was born in 1980, became a serious hockey fan probably when I was eight or nine, and um, just have been all about this team ever since, and it's a real joy and pleasure to talk about them every day. Now, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram if you'd like, at Ian C. McLaren. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And uh, I'm hoping in the coming days to set up an Instagram account for the show as well with some social graphics and links to the podcast, etc. The show is available wherever you get your podcasts. The majority of listeners are from Apple Podcasts, but there's a bunch from Spotify, some from Pocket Casts, Google, Stitcher, Wherever you get your podcasts, you can subscribe or follow. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download and listen and enjoy. If you could kindly rate and review, that would be very much appreciated as well. It really helps uh, on the Apple charts specifically. Now, as we all know, our Boston Bruins finished first overall in the regular season standings. 2019-20 season that was put on pause due to COVID and came back in a bubble format where the Bruins fell to the fourth seed, beat the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round of the playoffs, and then lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Where do they stand now? Well, there are several free agents that they must 
make decisions on. But before free agency opens on October 9th, we have the NHL entry draft, which is set for October 6th and 7th, which is just, you know, early next week. The Bruins do not have a first round pick that was sent to the Anaheim Ducks along with David Backus in exchange for Andre Kasha prior to the trade deadline. That pick ended up being the 27th overall pick. And again, Anaheim will make that selection. Therefore, the Bruins do not have a pick until round two. I should mention defensive prospect Axel Anderson was also sent to Anaheim in that trade. So the Bruins, again, no pick in the first round. They will pick 57th in round two, 88 in round three, no fourth round pick. That pick was sent to the New Jersey Devils uh, last year in the Marcus Johansson trade. And then they'll be going uh, fifth round, 151, sorry, 150. Then they have a sixth round pick, which will be 181, seventh round, 212. So at the moment, they have five picks to use at next week's NHL entry draft. They won't start making their selections until the second day. The first round will go uh, October 6th, and then the rest of the draft on October 7th. Um, As to who the Bruins might take at the second round pick, we'll talk about that closer to the draft. Keep in mind, they may add a pick by way of trading the rights to Tory Krug prior to the draft. That's something that we spoke on the podcast about earlier. And the rumor, the report, common sense really just dictates that if the Bruins and Tory Krug are unable to reach an agreement on a new contract for the unrestricted free agent, then the Bruins can trade his exclusive negotiating rights to another team around the NHL in exchange for a draft pick to be used at the 2020 NHL draft, or maybe even 2021, but it would make more sense to do it for 2020, of course. Now, like I said, free agency begins on October 9th, and if teams want to get in on that, then in order to have the longest possible period to speak to Krug and you know make their pitch, make him feel comfortable, then... Uh, it would make sense to get that done sooner than later. As of you know, almost ten o'clock here on Thursday morning, that has not occurred. Uh, the rumor was that it was going to happen as early as Monday or Tuesday. Still, Don Sweeney has not pulled the trigger on that, and so we'll see exactly uh, if and when that comes to pass, or if the Bruins and Krug are trying to make a last-ditch effort in order to uh, come to some sort of agreement. Now, before we move on to the rest of the free agent picture, let's talk for a moment about a very cool book that's hitting shelves from best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue to accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can't. Sports teams across the country are applying this popular philosophy by using stoicism's key idea. You control how you respond and play. You don't control what the refs and fans do or how the ball bounces. It's all about what you did to adapt. Lives of the Stoics, The Art of Living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius is available now wherever books are sold. Now, if you're looking for high quality and affordable car parts, 
to be sent right to your door. Look no further than rockauto.com. They're a family business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's take a look now at the Bruins free agents. I already mentioned Tory Krug. He will be a very hot commodity on the open market. In fact, TSN's Frank Cervelli uh, put out a free agent frenzy top 75 list. And... Tory Crew is listed as the third player on that list, the top 75 free agents behind Alex Pietrangelo of the St. Louis Blues and Taylor Hall of the Arizona Coyotes. So Krug, like I mentioned before, he really seems intent on exploring his options on the open market, seeing what's out there, getting max value and term uh, to really set his family up uh, for the future and to capitalize on the great success that he's had over the first several years of his career with the Boston Bruins. The Bruins have received amazing value out of Krug, who came to them as an undrafted free agent. Uh, he's coming off a deal that paid him $5.25 million per season over the last four seasons, which, again, just amazing value for a player of Krug's skill set over those seasons, he had 51 points, 59 points, 53 points, and then 49 points here in only 61 games this past season. So, you know, he is a guy who can really spur an offense. He can quarterback the power play, and he will get a lot of attention on the open market. The last report was the Bruins are offering him, I think, six years, $6.5 million per season, something like that, which goes in line with kind of the hometown discounts that they have offered to the team's best players and that they have accepted. It doesn't look like Krug is going to go that way. Uh, it looks like he is going to see what's out there and try to get the best deal for, for him and his family. And you know what? All more power to him. He is an unrestricted free agent that's well within his rights. And uh, if he is to move on, then you know, wish him all the best because he's been everything the Bruins could have hoped for in him. So Krug, third on the top 75 free agent list, coming in at number 21 on that list, is another left-handed Bruins defenseman, 43-year-old Zdeno Chara. After the playoffs, Chara made it clear that he wants to remain a Bruin. He is committed to the organization. He loves the city. He wants to play as long as he can. He's willing to take a diminished role as kind of a defensive specialist, penalty killer. He realizes he can't, you know, get that power play time anymore. He can't get those big minutes against top opposition, but he's still 
very capable of locking things down in the defensive zone. And it seemed like a no-brainer that he would be back with the Bruins, but there has been some growing sense that perhaps the Bruins want to trend younger. They want to focus more on offense and might be willing to let Chara also explore his options uh, elsewhere, uh, which would be uh, very sad, very, um, yeah, just devastating really to see our captain move on like that, not retire a Bruin, uh, but the Bruins, because of COVID-19, many teams are experiencing a bit of a financial crunch. They might not spend to the cap immediately. They might want to allow younger players on entry-level deals to show what they've got, like Jacob Sporrell, your Hovakinainen, and um, might not want to give a 43-year-old a couple million dollars when you know two or three players can fit under that cap space as rookies, entry-level guys. So Zdeno Chara is actually listed as 21st on that free agent board. And yeah, I would think that there would be a lot of teams who would be interested in terms of uh, just not only his defensive abilities, but also his leadership, what he brings to the room, a culture change. It's even been mentioned that Detroit, who I see as a favorite to land Tory Krug, seeing as he's a Michigan guy, that Detroit also may uh, look to bring Chara in just for that exact reason, for that culture change and um, his ability to uh, really inspire young players and make a difference in the room. Elsewhere, in terms of Bruins free agents, the only other unrestricted free agent is Joachim Nordstrom, a very capable fourth-line player who was very key for the Bruins in the playoffs as a shot-blocking defensive forward who can kill penalties. Um, We'll see if he comes back or not. Kevin Miller is also an unrestricted free agent, and I don't think he'll be back at all. He did not play the season due to injury, wasn't able to uh, suit up for the playoffs, and there's some real questions about whether he'll play again. Uh, I'm not sure if the Bruins would want to be that uh, you know team to give him a shot. Restricted free agent-wise, we have uh, Matt Grizzlick, who upon... Tory Krug's seemingly imminent departure could assume uh, a very key role for the Bruins uh, defensively as that more offensive-minded left-hand shot. Uh, he's 26. I think he'd get maybe uh, a deal similar to what Tory Krug had on his last deal, albeit probably a bit cheaper than the 5.25 million. Maybe a four-year deal. I don't know, three million per season, something like that. And then Jake DeBrusque is also a restricted free agent. And that brings us into some of the big questions the Bruins will be facing this offseason. I've mentioned several times on the podcast that DeBrusque's agent seems intent on seeking a pretty big deal for his client along the lines of Kyle Connor in Winnipeg, who was drafted, as we all know by now, after... DeBrusque at the 2015 NHL draft and who has gone on to become a very, uh, you know, prolific scorer for the Winnipeg Jets. He's currently making $7.142 million 
over the next uh, one, two, three, four, five, six seasons. He already does have three 30-goal seasons under his belt, and he scored 38 goals in 71 games for the Jets uh, this past season. So already, you know, a step ahead of DeBrusque in terms of development and tangible scoring stats. He's, um, you know, hit that 30-goal mark, like I said, three times. Would have been a 40-goal scorer this year if the season had been fully played. DeBrusque had 27 as a rookie, and his numbers have gone down over the last two seasons. So for his agent to come in and say he wants a long-term deal and be paid, I mean, $7 million would be a ridiculous ask, but even to be paid in the range of Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak, who are, you know, between 6.8 and 6.125, even that is ridiculous. So if his agent is going to stick to that, um, you know, he doesn't have much leverage. If a restrictive free agent isn't signed by a certain point in the season, then he's unable to suit up for the remainder of that season. Typically, that date is December 1st, but I'm not sure what it'll be because obviously this season is weird. All that to say, it's quite possible that the Bruins and DeBrusque could come to an impasse here and that a trade could be in the cards for Jake DeBrusque. Edmonton has been mentioned several times as a landing spot, seeing as he is from there. Um, and, you know, perhaps a deal can be made to bring Jesse Poyarvi back and some other pieces in exchange for Jake DeBrusque going to Edmonton. That's just pure speculation on my part. But um, it's not out of the question that, like Dougie Hamilton in the past, like Tyler Sagan, like... Phil Kessel, we could see Jake DeBrusque moved on early in his career um, as the Bruins just don't see him as being worth what he thinks he's worth and uh, just making space for other players to be brought in. And that's another big question that we have as to whether the Bruins will pursue some big fish in trades and free agency. The Bruins have been linked to Oliver ekman Larson in Arizona, which would be an interesting deal seeing as he's making $8.25 million. They seem reluctant to pay Tory Krug that much. They're about the same age. So do they value OEL that much more? Would there be salary retained? What would they have to give up in return? And the other big fish that I am coming around more and more on is Taylor Hall. I would love to see the Bruins make a push for him. If DeBrusque is traded, then you would have that top six of, you know, Hall, Krejci, Kasha, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, and that would be a lineup that could certainly make a push for uh, the Stanley Cup next season, in my estimation. So I think really those are the big questions facing the Bruins this offseason. What's going to happen with Tori Krug and Zidane Chara and you know, into training camp, who is going to fill those spots? What's going to happen with Jake DeBrusque? And is Don Sweeney prepared to make a huge splash in free agency or on the trade market and bring in uh, some star players for what could be the last kick at the can with the majority of this core intact? You know, it looks like Krug will be off. Uh, Chara could be off, but you still have... 
Bergeron, Pasternak, Martian, and then uh, also David Krejci and Tuka Rask, who are entering the final years of their contracts with the Bruins. So 2021 uh, could be, like I said, the last kick at the can with the majority of this core and also could be a significant turning point in the trajectory of the Boston Bruins. And it'll be very interesting to see uh, what happens over the next few weeks and what the Bruins can achieve next season and then what changes may be forthcoming uh, depending on how that all shakes out. So I'm very excited to yeah be committed to bringing you guys that daily Bruins content. And uh, again, thank you so much for, uh, for coming along for the ride and do hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Before we move on, let's talk for a moment about Built Bar. I mentioned off the top that they're the best tasting protein bar ever. They come in amazing flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. They're covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, but they're also great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great even if you're on the keto diet, for example. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you can get $10 off your next order. You visit the website, mix and match your flavors, put together your box of delicious tasting and good-for-you protein bars, and then use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout in order to get $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Keep in mind that's not your first order, that's your next order, and the next order after that while the promotion continues. So get on that. It is a great deal for sure. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast will know that we usually wrap up with some news and notes from around the NHL. The big news on Wednesday was the Rangers buyout of goaltender Henrik Lundqvist. He now becomes a unrestricted free agent. He had one year left on his deal and uh, be very interesting to see where the King lands for sure. One of the greatest goaltenders of our generation and a, you know, great Ranger to be sure his number will be retired at some point. And um, yeah, you know, the Rangers have two young goalies in uh, Shesterkin and Georgiev and decided that it was time to part ways. So It'll be interesting, like I said, to see where he lands uh, in the coming days. There's going to be a plethora of goaltenders available. Um, you know, Robin Leonard, Jacob Markstrom. And I should mention one of the questions facing the Bruins, I guess, is Tuka Rask. You know, he left the bubble to attend to a medical emergency, one of his daughters. Uh, there's growing questions kind of unsourced as to whether Don Sweeney is quietly seeing if there's a market for him out there. Um, I of course would love to see him back, uh, but you know, that's certainly a possibility. It seems speaking of buyouts, uh, Bobby Ryan is gaining interest on the open market after being bought out by the Boston Bruins. I have mentioned that I would love to see the Bruins take a, you know, low risk, potentially high reward flyer on a player like Bobby Ryan. Certainly a skilled scorer, 
who could fill in. I think he would look great on the third line with with uh, Charlie Coyle, to be honest. Um, I'd really like to see that happen. It looks like the Flyers are among the teams interested. He is, uh, you know, from that area for sure. So that seems like a logical fit. And it also seems like our old friend Ryan Donato is being uh, floated on the trade market by the Minnesota Wild. Things not working out for the former Bruin. And uh, looking back, it's kind of hilarious that some people were complaining or wondering what Sweeney was doing by trading Donato for Charlie Coyle. But Coyle has quickly become a core member of the Bruins and quite possibly a future captain once Chara... Uh, is done, and once Bergeron gets his time with the C, Coyle could outlast both and really become a, a captain there for for the Bruins, I think. I think that about does it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins. A lot in there in regards to uh, the Bruins and their offseason. If you want kind of expanded thoughts on that, you can look back over the last several weeks, and I have talked about more at length you know, the Tory Krug situation, the Dan Chara situation, Jake DeBrusque, and um, some other questions facing the Bruins. Uh, so do go back and listen to some of those episodes if if you have a chance. Um, at this point in the show, I usually talk about kind of what I'm watching, reading. My wife and I are looking at Good Girls on Netflix, which I was a bit, little iffy on through season one, but season two has really picked up, and I do highly recommend it. It's kind of a Breaking Bad dead to me ozark kind of vibe to it um, and it's actually uh, pretty funny as well so uh, i do recommend that still working through the mirror and the light by hillary mantel which is uh on thomas cromwell's fall in england i really into the historical fiction these days and listening wise i can't get enough of the new sufjan stevens album the ascension uh, it's just really amazing. Um, but also listening to some podcasts today, Behind the Bastards. Dax Shepard is interviewing uh, Ali Raisman, the um, American gymnast, which I'm really looking forward to checking out. And uh, yeah, just uh, trying to, to stay positive amid this crazy 2020 that we're living through and um, hope that I can provide uh helpful distraction to your day by talking about our Boston Bruins, by addressing some other stuff that's uh, on the fun side and also connecting with uh, Bruins people and people around the hockey world as well. And I promise some of those conversations are coming as well. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen, friends. I hope you have a great day and we'll be back tomorrow with the final episode of the week. In the meantime, please do take care of yourselves and each other and uh, yeah, catch you tomorrow. Peace.